0: what it do golf fans welcome back to the turn dog golf podcast i'm liam alongside me is jack we had another crazy week in golf sam burns pulled one out second playoff hole over davis riley one of jack's picks from like three weeks ago again another one of them so what'd you think about the weekend jack how was it
1: oh my god it was spectacular to watch i have to be a little honest to myself and i'm sure all of our golf fans can relate i was having double screen with golf and march madness on so it was definitely something interesting to follow along but all of my guys that i have as a wild card pick either the next week or two weeks later have the rounds of their lives so from now on i am going to say a name and then two weeks later we're going to bet them we're going to revisit that one later i'm here for it i agree exactly yeah but in all honesty Sam Burns back to back at the Valspar dominating Um, Davis Riley spectacular round great job for him how about that finish on the second playoff hole I know I texted you out. Just, I think I just said wow
0: yeah it was definitely shocking I, I felt bad for Davis Riley I was initially scared so on that fifth hole he played up the left side of what was that then six because he blew his tee shot into the into the sixth hole played up the sixth hole and then went Hit it into the tree and then he ended up making triple there, if I remember correctly. On the fifth, yeah, that that was was tough to watch, but it made me feel great as an individual golfer. (laughs) At least then, when I do it, I'm not the only one that does it, professional golfers do it as well. So it, it gave me a little bit of comfort,
1: yeah. That was definitely hard to watch, and especially when you see the names that chased him on the leaderboard Justin Thomas, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Sam Burns. I don't know when he got that triple, I was like, oh no, is this nerves? Obviously every professional is going to have a triple in their lifetime. It's golf, but I just thought, Oh my gosh, this guy's in prime time position with big names behind him. I don't want him to crumple up, but he held his own. That is for sure.
0: He held off Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas finished third. That was a good showing from him. I I'm curious on him this week. I think this week will be interesting because I know he wants to prep for the masters. Um, Let's see, who, who else showed up really well? We had Adam Hadwin and Matthew Fitzpatrick. They were good showing as we talked about them
1: a little bit last week. Um, how about a quiet Brian Harmon, Stuart Sink, guys that, you know, I'm a huge Stuart Sink fan, huge. He treated me so good when I used to go to tournaments as a kid that I'm a lifelong fam, fan, one of my mom's favorite players. Um, how about the quietest, quietest round or finish from Brooks Koepka? Yeah, he played crazy. I, I well, didn't even notice it. it. And I didn't see four shots from him in the whole weekend. Uh,
0: I, it was surprising, but I'm very happy that he came solid on on Sunday. I'm hoping that leads him well into this match play and into Masters because I am a I'm a fan of, of Brooks Kepka doing well in these tournaments. I think when he's in contention, it makes it a lot more exciting.
1: 100%. And this is not my official pick for the Masters, uh, on the podcast but i did say prior to the year starting that brooks Kepka was my pre-year master's pick so hopefully it gets hot going forward and maybe i'll continue with that pick but how about um one more guy that i need to go ahead and shout myself out for and if you can't see how proud i am luke donald that was an impressive call
0: i'll give you a little golf clap on that one that was that was nicely done Oh
1: my I gosh! See. You're talking that guy was I think below six thousand on FanDuel. I called it, and he was fifteenth, sixteenth, something like that. And yep, yep. I don't want to know the odds. I missed out not betting that, but <laughs> if you followed along with what I did on putting him in a random DraftKings or FanDuel at that price point, you earned your money tenfold.
0: As long as they followed you on the bets and me on the uh, the DraftKings lineups, everybody <laughs> had a pretty good weekend. Outside of that. You you probably struggled a little bit like us. So all right, Jack, get us started. What was what was your lineup looking like?
1: All right. So in my FanDuel, which I dominated in in all things, all things considered, we had Hovland at 33rd, which is the most disappointing thing I've ever seen in my life. Damon at 39th, Hadwin at seventh, Alex Norn at 12th, Bez at 62nd. And then the guy I finally take a shot on after all these years of watching him and Keegan Bradley misses the cut, that pissed me off. The one time I say I'm rooting for Keegan Bradley.
0: The the moment everybody hopped on his back last week after he played well a couple of times, it felt like a sign from the gods to be like, all right, it's time to completely ignore Keegan Bradley, go back to showing him no love and let other people make the mistake on it.
1: I know. I definitely paid the price on that one, but for a total score of four, 403 with a guy missing the cut and finishing 62nd and my number one overall in price finishing outside the top 30, all things considered, I'm happy with that. And I know we talked about, we made some money from this fan duel lineup together.
0: There you go. Yeah. You, you still did better than me, but I managed to squeak out the money myself. I had a few of the same guys. So I had Hovland and Hatton and then Alex Norin, Lonto Griffin, Adam Svensson and Joel Dahman. So 33rd, 21st, 12th, Lonto missed to cut, Svenson 39th. <laughs> what?
1: I, he, was the,
0: he was the worst guy in the tournament. Uh, I took a shot, you know? Things <laughs> happen. And then Svensson and Dahman were both 39th. Okay.
1: So. I mean, that's successful. Like I said, we both made money from each of our lineups. That's all you can do is I don't care if you're doing a $1- double up or if you're doing a thousand dollar buy-in all money is good money at the end of the day so this was successful I do not want to speak on my DraftKings lineup because I lost to Liam head-to-head by I think 130 points 140 points so we're gonna bypass my lineup and just go right to
0: his I kept the same lineup as some of my fan duel but I switched out some of the guys that missed the cut and didn't play well and proceeded to put two guys in that both finished top 10 so I had Victor Hovland still at tied 33rd. Very disappointing, but it happens. I had Matthew Fitzpatrick tied fifth. Russell Knox at tied 57th. Adam Hadwin at tied seventh. Adam Svensson tied 39th. And then I had Sam Ryder who missed a cut.
1: Yeah, I think we both had Sam Ryder in that lineup. And I think just like you said, we rode the wave. And unfortunately, the came crashing down on us the one week we both got him
0: he was a cheap option. And I, I know we're not alone here. Cause it says that 22% of people took Sam Ryder in their lineup. So we were not the only ones that were uh, misfortunate enough to have Sam Ryder.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's hard to say, because I know you talked about a lot finding your lineups, right in that $9,000 range. And a lot of those guys really came up clutch where some of the top guys minus Justin Thomas really did not live up to their price which is one of the downfalls of playing a high-value lineup. Um, The weeks that it does pay off, it's great. The weeks that they don't, you do not earn your money back. So it is hard. Unfortunately, we both had Hovland, let us down tremendously. Still made the cut by the grace of his nails or skin of his nails or whatever the expression is, skin of his teeth. That's what it is. But that was just, it was hard to watch. And he still finished tied 33rd.
0: It's a ba- it was a bad week from Havlin, and he still gave us points. So could have been worse, but I agree True that you wanted more from him. So,
1: absolutely, yeah. And then um, I know just for myself, we move on to sportsbook picks. That this week I finished up half a unit. So for the two weeks we've been keeping track, I'm officially up two point six units um, all together on sportsbook. Liam, why don't you go ahead and take away uh, your sports book week?
0: All right. Well, I'd like to start off that I, paid, I had my four guys, and three of the four made the cut. So initially going into the weekend, it could have been a lot worse. Unfortunately, all of the three that made the cut for top 40, the only one that actually made top 40 was Adam Svensson. Now he made it <laughs> by one. But, by one place so already finished high 39th, and that's all we need because nobody needs to see that number, they just need to see I made the money. I did have Adam Spencer at plus one fifty-five, and that did kind of save it because he was the highest of the four guys in terms of odds to make top 40. So that did kind of help balance out my other mistakes.
1: Yeah, so going back now that we're keeping track of everything, unfortunately, this week Liam is down one and a half units. But altogether up 0. 0.4 units. So, like I said, you know, all money's good money. We're all gonna have these weeks. It's just a matter of gambling. And like I say every single time, do not gamble what you cannot afford to lose. In this case, we are very fortunate where we can have these weeks. But obviously not multiple, as we <laughs> yeah,
0: let's not do this a couple of weeks in a be row. Be a
1: short-lived podcast. But you know, there's weeks like this. Luckily, altogether if you listen to our podcast and you bet every single thing that we've talked about just in sports book, you'd be up three units in the last two weeks. Okay. So all things considered, that's great. All money's good money. Positive is everything. So I'm really happy with that. You know, Abraham answer, you know, died. What he you think? can cry right now? Oh my God. I think he missed the cut by like three, four shots. Oh, I know. Usually I say Abraham answer alert and I just go nuts, but <laughs> this is not, not a day for me. This is just a sad point in history, but let's talk good week about that.
0: Good week, hmm? good week
1: for bounce back. Now he's going to match play. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see about that. So speaking of match play, we will actually be in Austin for this event. You have no idea what we look like. So if you come up to us and say you're a fan of our podcast, I will personally kiss you on the lips unless you're under 18. (laughs) Uh,
0: There's a good chance you're lying if you know who we are, but that's okay. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) maybe you're reading into our voices too much. Just to clarify, by the way, Jack's winner choice last week, Victor Hovlin tied 33rd. My winner choice was Hatton, Tyrell, Terrell Hatton at tied 21st. So eh, both were kind of bleh, but yeah, this week we do head to Austin, Texas. We have the Dell Technologies World Golf Championship. That's a mouthful. Uh, this tournament is actually match play. So it's a lot different than any of the other tournaments you see. If you ever watch the Ryder cup, this is a lot of what you're looking into. The course is Austin country club. It's a par 71 at about 7,100 yards. So there's 64 golfers that are here. They took the top 64 in terms of,
1: I think is a FedEx standings. Actually, I don't know that. I know it's, it's, It might not be FedEx because I'm sure they, since it is the world, it might be just OWGR, official world golf rankings. It should be Um, OWGR then, yeah. So are they take the top
0: 64 in OWGR? And they get those guys in the tournament. Now, there's a few withdrawals. I know Hideki had a back injury. I think Rory's sitting Sam up. Burns. Sam Burns, who won last week. And then I know Rory's really pushing for the Masters, so I think he's out as well. We'll see if Bryson stays in. I guess he is, but this is not the week I would expect a guy that was coming off of a back injury to be like, oh, yeah, I'll go and play seven rounds in four days now, coming off well, of a it was back a
1: injury. back and a wrist injury, and I think that he knew he had to get one – because most people that – and, and I don't mean to disrespect this tournament, but most people do not play the weekend before the Masters in that Texas and or that tournament in North Texas. Um, but I think that either he's doing this one as a tune-up, maybe he'll go to Texas. But I think that he really likes this tournament and really wants to show out and come on hot. And unfortunately, I think that he is a shot. It's a small. It's a long shot. But that dude, when he is. If you ever watch Bryson, no, personally, I am not the biggest fan of Bryson in his character, unless he's wearing a Team USA shirt or a hat, then I'm his biggest fan. But when that dude is playing his best golf, he's probably top five in the world.
0: I, I just struggle with the fact that this is the tournament he wanted to come back to. Like I, it, I think it would have made a lot more sense for him to come back in a normal. Two rounds make the cut, two more rounds tournament versus match play, which just seems very strange in my, in my opinion to go out of. I don't, yeah. I, don't know. I don't love him this week. because He's not at hundred percent overall, but in general, it just seems like a very odd week for him. to, Yeah, come.
1: I agree. I mean, it's, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think all these guys are, I don't think anyone's a hundred percent healthy in sports anymore, but it's such a thing. Cause like you said, it's match play. It's number one the most exciting format in all of golf if you don't like match play you're just lying number number two like we've said before in this podcast all you need to do is put together four days in a regular tournament or in this one all you need is one round just to get you through another round and obviously it goes group staging and then it'll slim down to up until it gets to a winner you still need to put rounds together but one at a time versus having to put four together and once you get to the individual part of it, it's just one-on-one. Yeah. So you might have a bad day, but all you have to do is beat the guy you're playing against. So it's, it's super interesting. And unfortunately, for the sake of this podcast, there's not a traditional gambling, um, DraftKings lineup, uh, betting odds that we can traditionally do. So we filled out a bracket, and we'll just go through at least for the group stages to try and get you a matchup that we think will win it all.
0: I I do have a couple of options if you want to do a DraftKings. I know DraftKings has some funky choices where you can technically play in a tournament style. We'll throw out a few guys that we think are interesting in terms of options for that. We don't really have a full list this week, though. So at that point, you really kind of have to use your best judgment or kind of follow our lead and make your own best picks.
1: Yeah, so before we even get into the, per se, meat of the bracket. Do you have a guy that you think is going to win?
0: I I love Patrick Cantley this week. I think coming in with the experience of playing in the Ryder Cup and really kind of taking on that whole persona. He was a different person when he was up in Wisconsin, and I'm hoping he kind of carries that over into – this match play. And he, again, he plays really slow and he plays his own style. So I'm hoping that it manipulates everybody else in the field and he can just kind of casually walk his way, at least into the final four, but I have him as a winner.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I personally, after watching him battle last week, have Justin Thomas winning it at all. Uh, I think that that dude is hot. He's getting ready. He's motivated just like you said, to get ready for the master's. I have him going all the way. Obviously, this is probably the hardest tournament to pick a winner. Probably more harder than it would be to pick an individual tournament. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely interesting.
0: So let's just clarify. Last year's winner was Billy Horschel. He beat Scotty Scheffler, of all people, who's been coming on hot so far this year. And there are a lot of interesting groups, in my opinion, to look at for this match play. I think that there are some extremely stacked groups. And then I think that there are no-go groups where there are groups that I'm going to completely avoid whatsoever because I don't like maybe any of them in it.
1: So, okay. So why don't we go through and let's go to our bracket right now and just see who we have going through. We'll go from one to 16. Obviously there's more guys than that, but that's what we're going to start at. So rank one in that pool, then rank two in that pool, so, for rank one, I know it's the easy choice, but I personally have John Rom going on.
0: I agree. I think Rom is the easy choice. If you want to get contrarian, you obviously, in my mind, would pick Cameron Young. He's the young guy. He's got the up and coming. He started well to start this season. So, if you want to get real fancy, you can try and get Cameron Young, but it's John Rom. I mean,
1: Yeah, I I have the same thing as, um, you know, we've talked about in this podcast and watched it many, many a times is John Rahm, when he's not having a good day, is still a top 25 golfer in the world. I think much like Cameron Young, if he plays, he can definitely do it. The other guy, Patrick Reed, is that guy is probably one of the best short game players of our generation. If he just gets his tee shots and his iron shots down, which I know is easier said than done, that (laughs) dude's dangerous. Definitely, definitely, and then Sebastian Munoz. I, he's there.
0: I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling on Sebastian Munoz. If you're gonna pick him, then just pick John Rom. I mean, let's not let's not overthink it here, because I, I think there's other options better than him personally. But if you, you know,
1: need, Munoz is winning it all now, uh, if Munoz
0: wins it all, I'll uh, I'll eat my words. That's fine. But <laughs> I think Rom's the obvious pick. It's the it's the first it's the first bracket. I got him. Yeah. Ready
1: for uh, group two? I am, and I'll just start off because I'm boring again. I think Morikawa really turns it around this week. I know he hasn't had the year he's looking for, but um, Robert McIntyre, great lefty European tour. Sergio Garcia is coming off a really good week. Kokrak's been consistent, but I think Morikawa is just going to be dangerous this week. I, so this is
0: where I'll get a little contrarian. I think Morikawa is, is, a, is a good choice. But Sergio has always been great in match play. He's been in enough Ryder Cups. He's 12-7-1 here in his, in his years previously playing in this tournament. So he's got pretty good course history. And this course is known, or this tournament, I should say, is known for being upset heavy. A lot like March Madness, where you'll get a lot of upsets the first couple of weeks. There is so many good tournaments or so many good players in this tournament to choose from. This is not like St. Peter's in in college basketball going on right now, where there are fifteen seeds. <sighs> the top seed in this tournament and John Rom is not worldlies or an yeah. otherworldly better than I'd say an Alex Norin, who's the fiftieth ranked player in here. It is not completely out of left field to have. Alex Norin do better than John Rahm versus the way it was for St. Peter's to be the the two seed in their bracket.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think both of those guys are good picks. Again, I don't think there's a bad pick in this whole thing. Like you said, because at the end of the day, it's just someone playing golf. All these guys clearly did enough to make it. So I already know who you're going to pick for your third bracket. So why don't you just go ahead and start us off.
0: Uh, so I do I do have Zalatoris. Of course you do. Come on. Of course I do. He's my boy. I'm not picking against him because he hasn't failed me ever. And I'm not going to start doing it now. I unfortunately don't have him going far. But I do like Zalatouris to get out of this group. I think Hovland's going to be tired. He's played so much recently. I, I know this is going to sound like a really bad reason. But I he's played so often that I, I'm avoiding him. I actually think Seb Straka is a... An, an interesting pick here if you really wanted to get wild because he's coming off of a win not too long ago and he's played great the last three tournaments he's gone out in so if you want to get real fancy Seb Straka could be a, a sneaky dark horse pick
1: yeah I'm just gonna bypass myself I picked Hovel, and that dude's too good and <laughs> has had some great weeks going forward I know I'm boring but when we go on to four that's where I really shake it up so I've just you know I got one two and three going in so just bypass oh. me
0: so in 2018, five of the 16 top seeds made it out of group play. Last year, one of the top 16 seeds made it out of group play. Do you have any idea who it was, Jack?
1: Of the top 16, it's probably the guy that you picked to win it all, and Patrick can't play
0: That would be wrong. It's John. It was John rom Oh well, he was the only know. one. That he was the only one that got out in one of the top 16s. 16, 16 seeds last year. So do not be afraid to go contrarian, but also again. Jack's, Jack's picking great guys. I mean, these are top three players in the, in the world for a reason. So don't, I,
1: I'm not giving him too much grief on it. Yeah. Group four? You know, I just want to apologize to Keith Mitchell. I really want to apologize. You've done me so well every week this year, but I can't pick you this week. Patrick Cantlay is traditionally my guy. I love him. Love watching him. One of the best putter strokes in the game. Sung J. M., is going to advance from this round. I am so confident about that. Young has no, no fear. And I think this is one of those courses that you really got to put metal to the pedal to the metal. The,
0: this grouping is one of those groupings where if you're doing fa- uh, not Fandals, I don't have that. They're, they're down in Punta Cana. Um, but if, this, if you're doing DraftKings this week, I am Xing out this entire group. I don't want anybody out of this entire group. In my in my DraftKings, I, I think th- it's funny because
1: you have Patrick Cantlay in your DraftKings about this one. I,
0: I do, but it's so hard to keep him in there because I think this group could be the ultimate combustible machine. I think any four of them could theoretically come out of this group. I do have Patrick Cantlay because I really do like him, but if he loses first first round and doesn't get out of group play. It would not be the most shocking thing of all time.
1: Yeah, I agree. So,
0: well, right. we
1: already know you got can't land there. So yeah, I got I'm you. just gonna go back to my boring picks because I have Scotty Scheffler advancing, even though it was so hard not to pick Matt's Matt Fitzpatrick.
0: That that's funny because I did take Matthew Fitzpatrick. I think he's been playing great recently. I just feel like it's too good to be true with Scheffler. It's gonna it's gonna come back to Earth eventually. Yeah, I mean, He's got no flaws. This is wild. This guy's got no flaws in match play. He is, he is perfect all across the board in match play. And I just, it doesn't make sense. So regardless, I'm still going
1: Fitzpatrick. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Both those guys are great picks. And again, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but for the sixth pick, I also went boring in Justin Thomas. Oh my God. I'm looking at my future picks.
0: Ian Poulter in the bottom of that of Scotty Scheffler's region is
1: dangerous because I don't does, think so. You don't think he's dangerous? I'm sorry, you're going against Scotty Scheffler, guy that's won twice in four of the last four events, Matt Fitzpatrick, who's seven of eight on cuts, four top tens, Tommy Fleetwood, barring the one miscut cut that he started, has a couple wins in the European tour, has really been finding his stroke inside of the PGA tour versus Ian Poulter, that his best run of the year is 16th and everything else has been not close to that. I, I think I, I don't Dark Horse. I don't think he's getting out, but in terms
0: of what I would call the 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 fourth tier, the the D tier of those players, I think he's probably the second best D ranked player in the field, right? Now. Got it. But I agree. This this lineup is another one where if you're on DraftKings, you can X out most of this lineup in my opinion and just not use that for betting, because I think it's going to also be pretty combustible. All right. Group six? Sanders Shoffley. That would be group seven, but good try. Oh, oh,
1: sorry. Justin Thomas. My God. I have the most boring picks in human history. Justin Thomas. My winner, Justin Thomas.
0: Your winner, Justin Thomas. I went against you. I did Kevin Kisner. Uh, Kevin Kisner actually loves this course. I think he's won here. He has won here. He won here two years ago. He is – so So Kevin Kisner has played 23 rounds at this tournament. Do you want to guess what his record is in the 23 rounds he's been here? 17, 5, and 1. You're – you're 16, 6, and 1.
1: Oh, and my God. Yeah,
0: you almost had it. It's, it's absurd. This guy would just – he wakes up and wins here, wins rounds. It makes no sense. I don't understand it. But I'm going with Kevin Kishner because I, I think he's going to be a sneaky pig. I think he's going to hold his own. He loves match play. He he, he he talked on SiriusXM and said the best part about this course is that he can go out there and get out of group play and then just make tons of money based on this event. This has a $4 million purse, so he loves this. He oh, loves yeah, it. as you should. All right, Group 7, you want to
1: talk about Xander now? Continue to stay contrarian? <laughs> Listen, I wish you could see that as I look at my bracket, how hard I'm shaking my head right now. But again, it's one of those guys, Tony Fino, It's hard because he is one of the best players in the world, except for this year. He has not shown me, or I think anyone or even himself, that he's worth picking it for 100% certainty. Herbert, fine. He's done good. I wouldn't say he's done great. And then Kanaya, this is one of those ones that, I, I talked about because you know, unfortunately, we didn't have this podcast last year, but just over the last calendar year, Kanaya comes out hot and then slowly fades away toward the later rounds. He is probably as sneaky of a pick as you can get at 56, but Xander Shoffley's too good. Olympic gold medalist, future major winner. I think he's a lock.
0: Again, I went different from from Contrarian here. I did not take a lot of favorites. If you can't tell. I'm really digging into the whole favorites. Aren't going to make it out of the group stage. I think that Xander Shoffley is a high floor, low ceiling golfer. And I unfortunately don't think that's going to do well on match play. I think that's going to make it. So he's going to lose around, win around and maybe have around and that's not going to get him out. I have Lucas Herbert getting out and getting in the match play. Now I don't have him going far, but. I think I think the best options in my opinion are between Kaniya and Lucas Herbert because I think this is going to be one of those sneaky groups.
1: Hmm. Got it. Cool. Yeah, I mean this, it's I think that a lot of these groups like I think it's hard because like you talk about it just takes one round. Yep. And then you're good. And I mean if we just go right onto the round 8, Matt Wolf, one of those guys that could shoot 59 and then shoot 87. So it's hard. Mackenzie Hughes has not been consistent enough for me to lock in a pick. Max Homa, I think at a course like this, especially in match play, you got to have that killer instinct, and that's why I'm going with DJ.
0: You went DJ? Okay. I went Homa. I, I did think about Wolf, though, actually, for a little while, because even if he makes quadruple bogey on a hole, it's only one hole. Yeah. So, so if he, theoretically, he could shoot 80 and get, get two quadruple bogeys. And then shoot even par, if not better, on every other hole, and he would only lose two holes. And I've seen him do that on courses. So theoretically, I know you're shaking your head in disgust. <laughs> do it because he's done it. So theoretically, he's not the worst choice ever. I'm not. not picking, I'm not picking him. I'm not doing it. I'm still. Oh, doing it. Well, um, that
1: was a whole lot of talk for a guy you're not gonna
0: pick. Well, I'm. I'm just saying, in terms of in terms of choices, Matthew Wolf is. I feel like he's gonna come going to get completely overlooked this week and i do think there's some option there but i have not a bad pick at
1: all not a bad pick at all all right you taking bryson no (laughs) i can't who do you got taylor gooch i mean he's been of all the guys there we haven't seen bryson in a while westwood's been fine Land has done nothing for me to go he's beating Bryson or Gooch Westwood maybe um I just think Gooch has had a really good year and like I said earlier in the podcast if he's continuing off player of the year it looked like at the beginning of this year um then he should be a lock but I think this group will come down to if Bryson does what he's supposed to do he's going to move on if he doesn't Gooch will fair okay I I think Gooch
0: is probably the smart picked to choose from but but i the rest of my picks have all been outliers as well so i have to just continue the, the trend i think bryson is still injured i think this is just going to be a warm-up for him i really don't think he's going to try too much in this so i don't have him moving on i think gooch is probably the popular pick i think a lot of people are going to take him i think richard bland is bland
1: <laughs> i thought you were about to say the, your pick for that I no i think he's i mean, uh,
0: I really don't know too much about him because he doesn't even excite me that much but i'm gonna take lee westwood i'm hoping that all of his experience in the Ryder cup really kind of comes out here he's he's got the experience i just hope that he shows it and strings together a couple of rounds and i think
1: he has a chance to do it fair enough fair enough and then let's move on to 10 jack's basically first contrarian pick Woo! Thank God, Alex Norin. Did you not watch him last week? That dude was on a mission. I bet him. Of course, I watched him. I oh, love yeah, you I profit and profiting heavy, heavy off we're Alex Norin.
0: You and I were huge on Alex Norin last week. We loved them. I actually have Alex Norin as well. It's very funny in this round though because. Paul Casey has hired DraftKings. Uh, he's ninety one hundred on DraftKings, and Ustazen is nine thousand. That's just funny. But as a contrarian pick, if you want to go get Alex Noren and DraftKings on the bottom of your lineup, I am here for it because I think he's getting out of this round easy.
1: Yeah, I mean it's hard to say because one, like just like we were talking about with, I think it was the Scheffler group. All four of these guys. There's not a. Oh, these guys are stacked. Louis Ustase. The runner-up king behind Greg Norman, it seems. I mean, that dude's in contention. Paul Casey majors. That dude's amazing. Corey Connors, great ball striker. Just Alex Norton's carrying some momentum right now, and I'm taking him.
0: I'm, I'm with you on it. I think Alex Norton is going to be a very sneaky pick. I, could, I think he can go quite far in this tournament. So, Fair all right. to 2-11. Do, like, do you like Spieth back at home? He's in Texas.
1: He's close to home. You know, I don't want to be boring, but I do. I mean, uh, let's talk about it. Jordan Spieth, and this might come as a, a toolish comment, but I do not mean it to be. He is the most overrated golfer on tour. Minus his year where he made $22 at age 22, He's tried to do what every other tour player has done and try to gain distance. He's lost that magical touch in his swing. He's lost the magical touch in his putter. He's in his, if you ever watch him, you you don't see him happy. You don't see him smile like he did when he won John Deere you see him pissed. And I think that this is about as good as time as ever you're playing in match play against a bunch of people you're familiar with. Um, I just think this is one of the events that that putter is going to light that green up and he's going to move on and then lose to Justin Thomas. <laughs> I I actually do
0: agree with you on this one. I do have Spieth as well. I, I thought about Adam Scott for a while. He seems very low. At, I thought at, about Rosie. And you know, Rose is a, is a good one as well. This is another one where I think any of the top three could theoretically move on. I don't see Keegan getting it, but I say that now and then he'll, Make his way to top four somehow. And then <laughs> you know, yeah, what you do, you you wait until the, you, nobody picks him, and then he goes far. But I'm gonna take Spieth. He's not he's, he's back in Texas. He's close to home. I think he's gonna have, to have a little bit of excitement because he wants to get one more good round and grouping in before he goes to the Masters. I could definitely see him going farther in this tournament, but I also have him losing to <laughs> well, I have him losing to Kisner. But yes, yeah. losing to the
1: opposite. I'm here for it, and then jack with a kind of oh god i keep looking at my bracket i just pick a lot of favorites but next one i'm bypassing defending champion billy ho thomas peters and bypassing hoagie what up hoagie please too. please please i'm begging you don't let me down
0: i have hoagie as well i think horschel i don't know i don't have strong feelings on billy horschel i'm sure he's great in match play but I, for whatever reason, based on what I saw out of Tom Hoagie to start the year, he won the AT&T. And I know horswell has been playing decent, but I'm just I'm just hoping Hoagie brings that form. That's all it yeah, is. I don't have any I agree
1: for that one. Yeah. I mean, Willie, fine. I'm not high or low on him. But let me just start off with my boring pick with Terrell Hatton. Let me just kick it off with 13.
0: <sighs> I actually like Terrell Hatton as well. I also have him here. I think Daniel Berger is probably the obvious sneaky pick because he's he's basically a, a a one seed, if you want to call them all each one seeds. He's a 17. So uh, there's obviously top sixteens in each. He's the next highest golfer. I think he's gonna give Hatton probably a good fight. So realistically, either between one of those two. I think Bez is an interesting uh contrarian pick. It's not a long course. You have a lot of opportunity to kind of get real fancy and go for it and so i think bez not having a good driver but being great at putting it gives him some ch- gives him some chances and some opportunities but i do have Hatton as well i'm not going to get too far out of it
1: got it well why don't you take it away with uh 14
0: i love russell henley this week i think he's going to do really good i i'm not a joaquin neiman stand. unfortunately i don't uh I don't love him this week. And I do think a lot of other people are going to be with me on Henley. Uh, Kevin Na is an interesting one because he also teaches Dustin Johnson how to play here. If you'll recall last year, he actually taught uh, Dustin Johnson a rule in the middle of one of their rounds where I guess Dustin didn't know one of the things. And then Kevin Na was able to help him out and give him the instruction. But much like a lot of other people, I'm going to go a little sneaky here and do Russell Henley. I I don't have a strong feeling on Maverick McNeely, but...
1: Well, guess what? I do, baby. Yeah? yeah. Maverick McNeely, much like Dennis McCarthy, round one, they just go to town and they get pissed and they just score a low. Joaquin is having probably the best year of his career. So happy for him. He's doing awesome. Kevin Na, I think, has a great shot to win it or lose it. Henley's had some great weeks, but I'm going Maverick. That's the lowest seed in this tournament, for whatever reason, I have like one, two, three, four, five, six, and then sixty-four. Yeah. So I'm here for it.
0: Hey, you know what? I'm proud of you. At least you're picking up upsets now. You're not picking. You're not picking contrarian the whole bracket. So as you should. I'm here for it. All right, where are we going? Fifteen.
1: Abraham, answer alert.
0: <laughs> hey, how many? Uh, how many? How many top picks do you have? I'm just curious. Can you count?
1: One, two,
0: three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You have nine? Okay. So the first year this tournament happened in this style, eight of the 16 top seeds made it on. So if you if you're right, you will have a new record for it. And I will be mad impressed. But I'm here for it if it happens that way. If your tournament happens the way it does, we're gonna have some very exciting second and third groupings in that 16 and 8 so yeah, i'm
1: glad there's not really money in the, well there is money to bet on each individual matchup but i wish there was money on this bracket like march madness maybe there is i'm not sure i'm sure sh- i'm sure if you
0: really wanted to you could find a way to bet onto this time yeah uh in the abraham answer group i actually have brian harman he's pick. very good on this course i need to look at his
1: well i mean brian Harmon, lefty legend obviously behind phil mickelson and mike weir but that dude has 2 all hole-in-ones in a round in a PGA Tour event, magical around the greens, and it's just really consistent overall. I think that's kind of what you need in match play. I think if he gets hot, he's dangerous. And if he's static, he's not going to even finish in the top three in his group. Um, so I think that's definitely something that's either a great pick or a scary pick. So he's played here twice before
0: in 2018 and 2021. In, in eight rounds, he's 5-3-1. and one and he's he's got a chance. I, I think that he's as good as any other option here. I do think Bubba Watson could be sneaky, but he's so hit or miss, and I'm not touching him. And then, obviously, Abraham Anser is, is Jack's boy, so if you want to follow Jack's lead, I don't blame you at all. It's usually a pretty good, pretty good pick.
1: I agree. And then, last but not least, 16 seed Brooks Koepka, the – Probably one of the favorite golfers or my favorite golfers of all time. Shane Lowry, HV3 and mustache man himself, Eric Van Ruyen. Brooks Kepka traditionally would be my pick in something like this. Shane Lowry has the momentum of a freight train coming into this week. And I think he's going to carry it on and uh, move on.
0: I agree. Uh, so Eric Van Ruyen is now going to be friends with us on, on Twitter. He's liked some of our tweets we're going, to get a, we're going to eventually somehow try and find a way to get Eric Finnery and the mustache man himself, the legend, onto the podcast. One way or another, we're going to try to do it. Or Marcus Stroman. Or Marcus Stroman, but that's baseball, so we'll see on that one. Uh, I do think Brooks Kepka could be very dangerous in this tournament, but I'm with you. I think Shane Lowry is so hot coming in right now. I think he's on fire, so I like him coming in as well. I think he's going to do great.
1: Yep, I, I agree, and then – this podcast has gone longer than a lot of our other ones. So I'll bypass to our final four, at least mine. I have Dustin Johnson, eight, Scotty Scheffler, five, Xander Shoffley, seven, and then JT and six. I think JT versus Shoffley will be the championship matchup with Justin Thomas pulling out the win, Xander Shoffley winning the third place match. And then I think the total birdies in the championship match, which is kind of the tiebreaker. If you're doing fantasy PGA Tour, will be eleven.
0: There you go. All right, I like it. I we have almost none of the exact same. Then in the top four, I have John Rahm, Patrick Cantlay, Alex Norin, and Kevin Kisner. Hmm. And then I have uh, Cantlay and Norin moving on to the championship. I have Cantlay winning that, and then I have Rahm and Kisner in the third place. And I have Rom winning that. There you go. So, oh, I have nine birdies as the. Uh, really. Yeah.
1: Five from one person and four from another. Yeah. Low scoring. I think so. I'm here for it. Hopefully, the weather. Actually, hopefully, the weather's great since we're down there. But
0: yeah, since we'll be down there, I hope that the weather is good for us. They they did say when I looked at the weather forecast, it's supposed to be really nice. There is a little bit of a chance of rain, but. All things considered, it's going to be way better than it's been the last couple of times. D- do you want to pick a winner? Or, do, or is your winner just uh, JT?
1: My winner is JT. Honestly, I just think that he's on the streak of his lifetime right now, really heating it up at a right time, especially coming into major season. I think he's going to kick it off with a win, carry that momentum. All
0: right, so we'll, we'll do that. I know we normally pick winners for each week. My, my winner will be Cantley, Jack's winner will be JT. And we'll do that as our carryover and st- as opposed to us picking a guy from the field that we normally do.
1: Great. And then last thing I know I'll say before we go is traditionally there would be DraftKings odds that we would talk about the show in lineups. Um, if you go on DraftKings, you can bet the individual matchup. So, for example, you can bet, we're just taking a look at group one, John Rahm, Cameron Young, Patrick Reed, and Munoz. Um, if you selected John Rahm, he's plus 150 to get out of that. All the odds are available for each group, and then we'll be going forward. You can pick um, the largest spread, and you can pick nationality. um, Winners from that, it's hard to say because there's four people in each bracket, so it's impossible to determine who would come out, who would be a lock or whatnot. Um, But if we do make any bets, of course, they'll be on our socials.
0: And I, I did make a DraftKings lineup. Now, there are a few things that you should really know before making a DraftKings lineup. There were a lot of mistakes made in previous years when I did my research where people took two people from either the same individual group or two people from the same bracket. Now you have six guys in your lineup. So ideally you want six guys that could all theoretically make the, I guess the elite eight or the top eight without having to face one another. So you don't want like John Rom and Patrick Reed in the same lineup. It just, there's, there's no way that your lineup makes sense on that. So I'll just tell you my lineup real quick. I have Patrick Cantlay, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Kevin Kisner, Alex Noren, and Will Zalatoris. Those are my six guys. That's pretty they're good all, to me. They're all different. They're all different portions of the group. Nobody's going to face each other until the top eight. If they assuming they all make it along. And if they do, then I'm probably winning some money. But just keep that in mind when you make a lineup, obviously things are a little different this week because it's this group of 64, as opposed to the whole group of 128 that we would normally get in a group.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and unfortunately, I know there's a tournament going on in the Punta Cana right now. Odds were not really released at the time of recording and we wouldn't be able to give you a great show on that one, especially when the match play is so much more exciting and so much more relevant. So Stay tuned for your regulated scheduled program next week.
0: Oh, as always though, we do love Joel Dahman in that. He's, I know, I know he's playing in there. So fan favorite is Joel Dahman, but we don't have any statistics to back that up. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be funny. I really hope T Gala pulls out a win. Down there,
0: the, the Gala's in, I didn't even know he was in that field. So
1: yeah. You know, what's funny is I thought Maverick McNeely, one of my picks, I think he was scheduled to be in this, but was one of the alternates. Yes. So if he's, what was my pick? If he's out, let me go ahead and just switch it really quick. Only if he's out. Otherwise I'll keep him in. Yeah, we'll go Joaquin. We'll just keep on the boring pick. So he'll be obviously number one in his group if McNeely's out, but I'm sure he's taking the opportunity to go get that massive money grab right there. Definitely. Definitely.
0: All right. Well, as always, thank you so much, everybody, for swinging on by, listening to the podcast. Follow us at Golf Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. That'll be the best way to get a hold of us. And as always, share us your bets. Let us know what you got. But of course, have a good one. I appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next week. Let's go.